Hi, I'm Hassel. And I'm JP. And this is Pulled Corks. Podcast. Yeah, welcome in 2019. 2019, so I guess we're going to call this uh, Season 2, since we started in 2018. And this will be even better, more impressive, and interviews are coming. Yes, they are, and uh, we'll be really excited to get those to you. Uh, we already have a few uh, friends of ours in the wine business lined up. Definitely. And there's a Still few... working on getting some psalm people uh, onto the podcast, too. Yes, and a few other pros that I'm sure you guys have heard of will be uh, on board soon to uh, chat with us. So today we are basically talking about our New Year's party, this time without hassle, which was a bummer, um, because I had to drink everything myself. Nobody was <laughs> as uh, motivated to drink everything. They couldn't quite put it away as well as I can, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Not not as like excited about everything. Mm, yeah, but I I got a crazy lineup, like totally high end wines, extremely high end wines, but they play kind of second league. So their price point wise, the most expensive was still under a hundred dollars, and somewhere like in the in the twenty euro league. So totally affordable. So basically, you get. A full lineup of crazy good high-end wines for the price of one Bordeaux Grand Cru Classe. That if you is... buy it in France, in retail. If you buy it <laughs> yeah, in retail in France, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. A lot of people always associate price with quality, and that is true to a point. But there's yeah. also there there is a ceiling. Some there, there is a ceiling. The, the $50, $60 range is the ceiling for like just justifying the price through quality maintaining measurements like hand harvesting, expensive oak barrels, right. stuff like that. Yeah. I, everything over that is like supply and demand and how popular the, the brand is. Exactly. And pretty much anything on earth, that's why it costs the way it costs is supply and demand. But yeah. yes, as far as quality goes, I, I was watching – there's a talk uh, on YouTube you can find. Uh, Madeline Puckett was actually the speaker. Yeah. And, Interesting. Uh, and she was talking about uh, wine quality versus price. Mm. And uh, she had the whole thing broken down. Really, it was really cool. You got get on YouTube and find it. If you just look up Madeline Puckett, it's, it's one of the videos that pops up. But she goes into basically uh, has it completely broken down. To where like these most really high expensive wines like your Rich Borgs and your other DRCs and things like that, people aren't buying them to drink. Yeah, mostly collector. Yeah, they're collectors. They're put up like almost like stocks. Uh, They'll invest in these things and it really drives the prices up crazy high. So when you hear about these like $10,000 bottles of wine, the quality – you can get that quality – she had, a, I think, she said around seventy U.S. dollars. Sure. It was about that ceiling to where you're not really going to get that much of a difference in quality above seventy. It's basically the fifty euro range when you are in Europe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it was. It was you can you can taste what these uh, the super rich taste. You can get you can get a, a really good idea of what it is that they are drinking uh, within that price point. 
Yeah, definitely under a hundred. Absolutely. Now, to be honest, I haven't ever been able to taste a ten thousand dollar bottle of wine, so I'll just have to believe what uh, Madeline Puckett said. <laughs> Let's go straight into it with one of the most expensive bottles of our New Year's lineup. There was a Mouzon Champagne Grand Cru from the village of Verzenay. Uh, we already had the, the normal Grand Cru from uh, Mouzon in our Champagne episode. You can listen about Champagne in detail in that episode. So this is like their flagship. It's the Les Deliers, so a single vineyard, 2006 vintage Grand Cru, 100% uh, Pinot Noir Champagne. The packaging is more beautiful than the Rotary Cristal, I have to say. Like it's a, you, it comes in a wooden box with like that wood wool, keep it from like being damaged in there. And the the greatest thing about it is the cork is not held by a metal cage, it's held by cords, like a, ancient method, I think. It's real like cords, and the bottle comes with a little champagne scissor to cut those cords. That's pretty interesting. It's, it's, pretty gimmicky it's really nice the the scissor has even like a, a champagne engraved in it so beautiful beautiful packaging the label looks really nice the capsule everything is high end so this is under 100 euros for a single vineyard single estate grower champagne grand cru from 2006 vintage in the most awesome package so, so yeah grand cru vintage champagne for under 100 that's uh yeah. for for cru grodera you pay almost twice as much yeah. until it's in a rap video and then you're going to be paying yeah. 200 bucks a bottle for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just you you get amazing quality it's a much smaller batch production it's vintage it's really really good and then in the glass the color was just amazing it's a hundred percent pinot noir so it's already darker than your average champagne blend um and then aging it in bottle for that long gave it like a really beautiful champagne golden color like amazing so we had the thing our host was putting on the steaks very early so we we had the red meat coming up before the aperitifs (laughs) oh wow (laughs) So I was like, no worries, uh, we'll decant our Bordeaux, and meanwhile we can have steak with champagne, and it was beautiful. This can easily hold up to a really nice T-bone steak. This is the most versatile food-pairing wine I know. Like, it has everything. It's so multidimensional, complex. It's not cheap, but it's very affordable. You get really the quality, the super-rich are drinking, maybe even better for a nice price in a really good package. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I've had Dom Perignon uh, quite a few times. It's uh, one of the more popular and much more expensive champagnes there are, um, usually around $180 US, and uh, I'm not a big fan. It's good uh, for 180 bucks. It better be good, you know? <laughs> but it's not... Uh, it's. I, I've had the same quality from a uh, non-vintage uh, Moet, to be honest with you. Uh, that That's a bit uh, of a claim, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, Dom Perignon, you have to think about it. They are, they drink it all over the world. Mm-hmm. In, in every, like, high-class hotel, they have to stock it. So they produce tons of that stuff. 
exactly it's, it's, it's a very it, it is it's mass produced it's uh they do everything they can in an industrial setting to keep the quality the highest they can right but it's still an industrial product and what we are talking right now is handmade this is exactly yeah. champagne by a little family estate right so it, they make it, not yeah you cannot even compare the amount of bottles Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, my point was the uh, the, the price range. <laughs> was, yeah. uh, maybe exactly. maybe my claim was a little wild. Maybe not a, a non vintage Moe, but definitely a vintage Moe. And and this is just like one example for hundreds of really really good grower champagnes out there. Just yeah, if you have the time, go over there and find your own stuff. Search it online. Let your favorite some recommend some stuff. Yeah, this is totally worth it. Like searching champagne for good grower stuff. Um, I, I you noticed get, that you get everything, all the all the glamour. The it's just the name, right? I noticed that at uh, Provine last year, a lot of the some excellent champagnes from the uh, mom and pop sites, and they yeah. were really happy to talk to us too. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, they are much more approachable. You mm-hmm. can even go there and buy champagne from the estate for really really good prices oh absolutely yeah it's totally worth it exploring that little world champagne is much bigger than the four or five big brands you know and actually even a lot of those uh smaller uh, mom and pop uh champagne wineries have a lot of the same facilities that the uh, the big guys have like those the, the a lot of the champagne is uh, aged in old Roman chalk mines that are, oh. that are now used as cellars, and there there are a lot of them in Champagne. So not oh. only the the big guys aren't the only ones that have access to these things. So yeah, and the, the small ones they they produce with the smaller barrels and smaller. Definitely, if you go to to Moet or Pomerie or any famous estate, you can see the big huge stainless steel tanks there right and that that's all small batch production with the with the grower champagne mm-hmm. so there there's good and bad things but yeah this one wasn't corked that's the other good point about it a lot of the smaller estates get their corks actually checked so that's right. another other bonus on top so you get more value for for the cork yeah just check it out find your favorite and don't yeah, don't buy into all that hype around the big brands. Exactly. It's nice to have it sometimes, but yeah, you have to shell out a lot of money for that. So also, since uh, I wasn't home and I was away on, on for work, I uh, I still bought a bottle that I had here at home. Uh, this I, I went a different route, though. I went to California. <laughs> oh. A company called, or a producer called Newton. This was uh, Newton Skyside 2016 Chardonnay, Sonoma County. Um, I had had their Cabernet Sauvignon before, uh, and it was amazing, all natural, unfiltered, like just remarkable. So I thought I'd give it a try with their uh, Chardonnay. And in the beginning, when I first opened it and poured it in the glass, it had so much oak, it almost blew my head off. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, this was a first. It was a special occasion. I mean, we don't always drink stuff that's like expensive. Uh, even even we're talking about uh, today. We're talking about the budget stuff that can beat competes with the really high end stuff. But sometimes we we get like. Well, actually, right now I've got a ten dollar bottle of wine in front of me. But, but anyways, for for New Year's I got this. Uh, I think it was thirty five dollars US. And in the beginning, it had this really crazy oak. Like it just, I could, had it a foot away from my face. I could still smell it from the glass. And uh, I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh man, I just completely wasted my money. And it was the only bottle I bought. I just got promoted, and it was a holiday and. This is my celebration wine, uh, but I got pleasantly surprised because just about thirty minutes later, all the, that aroma had just blown off, and it tasted remarkable. It was just an absolutely delicious bottle of uh, Chardonnay, and I'm oh, usually yeah. never a fan of the California stuff, so <laughs> it was a very pleasant okay. surprise. And there's some good stuff out there, and we have to find more. Uh, unfortunately, exactly. we don't have much access to California wines uh, over here in Europe. Right, but we, we, we can try. Yep, yep. I usually tr- whenever I come across something uh, from California that seems a little bit interesting, I always get it. That was a good one. That was a really, really good one. And their their Cabernet yeah. Sauvignon is amazing too. And they're a little bit more high end. And a lot of that with California just is the cost of land. I mean, it's it's just expensive to live in California, much yeah, less especially in Napa and Sonoma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think their their uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, which was is honestly one of the best I have had, period, France included. Yeah. Um, it was just absolutely wonderful, and it was around uh, I think it was fifty, fifty bucks. 55 Ooh. something like that. So when you're talking about a wine that's going to stack up with like uh, a, and do well against Bordeaux, high-end Bordeaux, uh, Grand Cru Class A Bordeaux, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's high-quality stuff. So they're doing they're doing some good things out there. So, yeah, Newton, check them out. They're they're really good. They got some good stuff. Hopefully they'll okay. pay me to say that someday. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 stay in the Chardonnay uh, area. Okay. So we had um, as main food we had a, a Swiss uh, raclette, so like mm. cheese based. So we were like grilling some stuff on top of the machine and had some little pans to to melt cheese over potatoes or bread. So a lot of uh, molten g- cheese and uh, pickles and meat and uh, some seafood. So a good mix. So I needed a very versatile uh, white with good acidity to cut through all that fat, but still body and fruit and oak. So I, I chose a Puyi-Fusé. Oh. Puyi-Fusé is um, a Burgundy appellation in the far south of Burgundy, like south of the Maconne. Um It's yeah, like an amph- amphitheater. The, the vineyards so it, it collects a ton of sun it gets maybe the best sun exposure in, in all of Burgundy it's pretty far down south they're, they're really good uh, using oak so they don't over oak their wines and the one once again one one of the good things about Puyi Fissé is it's a famous appellation but much cheaper than the Cote d'Or appellations 
So maybe a third of the price of a Chassan Monrache or a Merceau, you get that really good stuff. So this performed really nice. It was a Saumaise uh, Michelin 2015, close sur la Roche, so a single single vineyard again, uh, Puy Fissé. Um, this was amazingly fruity, full-bodied, yeah, a dream of a Chardonnay. The, the acid was there. It could cut through all the cheese. Fantastic. And it was like 20 euros. Oh, there you go. I absolutely adore white burgundies. And especially from the south. I like Maconé. I like uh, Puy Fusé uh, and the other villages down there. Mm-hmm. Because you get a great wine at like a third or less of the price of the, the big Côte d'Or names. Perfect performance, great Chardonnay, classic French. But we couldn't stay with one white in the, at that evening, so I got something very, very special. This was more expensive. It was almost 80 euros. It's a 2010 Paul Jaboulet Aene Hermitage Blanc, mm. Le Chevalier de Sterienberg. The Le Chevalier de Sterienberg is the name of a knight who came back from the crusades and uh, was allowed to settle down on the hill of Hermitage. So the name of the hermit. <laughs> yeah, they, they named it after the hermit. And it's, it's a really nice Marsan Roussan uh, Northern Rhone white blend. 2010 has some age on it. You don't feel that. Could easily spend 10, 20 more years in the bottle. Absolutely amazing. That was maybe one of the highlights of the evening. Mm. It's, it's 80 bucks or more, but it's totally worth it. For, for something similar from uh, Shav, you would pay more. Okay, I Nearly have to say his whites are still one one rank higher in terms of like performance and quality. Mm-hmm. But this is the best bang for the buck you get in in, in the northern round for whites in in that style, Hermitage style, probably. And definitely much cheaper than a shave. <laughs> okay, so after that really beautiful Hermitage, we put some lamb chops on the grill. And what's better with lamb chops uh, than a Good, good Northern Rhone Syrah. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. So I got something really special. It's the 2015 Guillaume Gillet uh, Cornas. Um, so Cornas is the one and only appellation in Northern Rhone that is that requires 100% Syrah. Mm-hmm. This producer is a natural producer, so it's cloudy, it's unfiltered, it has... A good amount of Brett, Brett and Amysis. We were talking about that in the Weinfeld episode. Right, exactly. Yeah, so it has a little bit of that barnyard smell, a little bit of horse. Um, so some funk on that wine. Still great Syrah fruit, a lot of pepper, a lot of spice. Beautiful example for Northern Rhone Syrah. Still a little bit young, I have to say. Mm-hmm. So we could have easily aged that for a couple of more years. But it was good as it was and i paid like maybe 25 euros for that bottle oh it's not so absolutely bad for for that appellation absolutely affordable natural producer small batch again rare stuff a pairing in heaven with lamb chops yeah that so is we, always a good great pairing syrah and lamb yeah. it's wonderful yeah, wonderful but that was not the only wine we had with the lamb uh, the other one was as good, uh, about the same price point, like 25 which is pretty, pretty reasonable for that kind of stuff. And it was a 
Roncalier Barbaresco, so single vineyard crew Barbaresco, 2005 vintage from the not so unknown uh, producer Poderi Colla. That was the other one that went like crazy good with the lamb chops and all I'm the other sure. we had some, some pork schnitzels, uh, like spicy paprika spice, wonderful with that Barbaresco. Also, went well with the cheese. Maybe the most food-friendly red we had that night. Most versatile. Because it has good acidity, a ton of good fruit, some like tertiary aging stuff, 2005. So, yeah, there was a lot going on in that wine. A lot of bang for the buck. So, yeah, even even the Barbarescos and Barolos, if you find a good one uh, with a, bil- a bit of age on it for a good price, you can't go wrong. And then finally, mm-hmm. our most expensive bottle, maybe, and about the same price as the Hermitage, so about 80, 80 euros. Okay. Was the Chateau Leoville Baton, Saint Julien, 2012. So pretty, young, pretty young for, for a, a Grand Cru Classe Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a second growth. So 80, 80 bucks for a second growth Bordeaux is not too much, I think. It's very good price point if you think what you have to pay for a first growth. Yeah, that's a great price point actually i've seen fourth growths that were around 80 before so yeah so great uh saint julien is a great uh appellation leo vilbarton is the oldest like continuous uh, family it's an irish origin family the barton part of the name and they they are like the longest continuous owner of any uh, Grand Cru Classé Chateaus. They also own an, another one, but Leoville Baton is like their, their second growth. It's a really, really good wine. We had it with the steak, as I told you. We did, decanted it for a while because it's quite young, but it wasn't harsh at all. Very elegant, very, very classy Bordeaux. And I, I have to tell you, I had a 2008 Latour in Japan this summer, and this came pretty, pretty close and the Latour cost much, much more. Oh, I'm sure it did. Outstanding performance, I have to say, mm-hmm. for for this one. And totally worth like $100 paying for that one. Like that kind of Bordeaux quality is what the super rich are drinking. Absolutely. And if anyone is curious what we're talking about when we talk about the Grand Cru class and growths, we have uh, podcasts and articles uh, breaking that down for you, and I'll put links to that in the description uh, because I know I wrote an article, uh, a, an attempt to uh, break down the Grand Cru class of 1855 and how to read a Bordeaux label and did a podcast, I think, on Cru Bourgeois. We did, yeah. Mm. We did a lot of Bordeaux stuff, so yeah, just search our website and you'll find a lot of stuff in detail. Absolutely. This was probably the best bang for the buck Bordeaux I had so far, I have to tell you. And I'll get another bottle as soon as you're back. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Definitely. And that Barbaresco too, probably. I've got a lot of catching up to do. (laughs) (laughs) So on the back burner, we had a little nice dessert from the Mosul. Uh, 2006 Auslese half bottle from Willy Schaefer mm-hmm. but we didn't get to that so it's ah. still in the fridge and waiting for you oh nice 
Uh, you, you, did, you had a, a PX, didn't you? Yeah, we had a PX for Christmas, the, the one we already oh, had. Oh, that's at right. Spanish, Spanish night. That's right. Very cool. Yeah, that's, we, had, we had a crazy Spanish night. Was that last year? Mm-hmm. Year it was. Yeah. That uh, Pedro Jimenez. So that's totally worth doing a podcast about, like in this style, if you like this style, like going through a dinner with the food pairings and talking about the wines. Right. We could do a little recap of the Spanish night because Spanish wine is very underappreciated and very and for affordable. For that reason, yeah, for that reason, it's really, really affordable. So you get much higher quality for your money than in probably any other European country except Portugal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, we were we were finding those uh, Grand Reservas for yeah. three or four euros sometimes, depending on the grape. Yeah. We get a 71 Grand Reserva Rioja for under 30 euros. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Crazy. And it was alive. Yeah. For 71 wine, I had worse experiences with Bordeaux or Chianti or whatever. But Rioja never, never disappointed me with old wines. And just a disclaimer to everybody out there, we're, we're not always drinking... 50, 60, 80, 100 dollar bottles of wine. Not at uh, all. It, like right now I have a, a 10 dollar bottle in front of me. So <laughs> and if you're curious it's uh oh what is it? It's just the supermarket Chardonnay. It's uh, Edna Valley Vineyard Chardonnay 2016. Just a old fruit forward uh, California Chard. Just something to wet the whistle. Yeah. yeah so. We we just did that uh, high end episode because of the New Year's Christmas season. Exactly. And to get a nice start into the new year with a couple of really beautiful wines to talk about. And if you have questions, shoot us a message on Instagram, on Facebook, our website. We are here for you to answer any of your questions if we can. Also, if you're in the business and inter- interested in getting uh, on our podcast, uh, doing an interview with us, shoot us an email. Absolutely, we would love to have you, and that's uh, that's free advertising right there. Definitely, we we are looking for interview partners. We we're f- uh, pretty good at doing it uh, remotely now because yeah, Hassel is far away, and we we do this like for half a year now, successfully. So we we're, we're confident we can uh, get you on the show somehow. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're we're a couple thousand miles apart right now, like yeah, w- right definitely. now while we're speaking this minute, <laughs> which uh, luckily I think we're going to have one more episode where we are uh, uh, remote like this. And then uh, there will be a slight break in episodes for maybe a week or two, and then uh, things will be back to the way they were uh, back in the summertime. Yeah. With more interviews, definitely. Absolutely. Actually, we can probably get something lined up for as soon as I get back here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. There are already a couple of uh, winemakers scratching at the door. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're pretty excited to get them, so. Okay, I think we wrapped up uh, this New Year's crazy wine party. Yes. Yeah, we did. And uh, I think uh, next week we'll be talking about... Uh, Something a little bit different. Talking about screw caps. Yeah, talk about screw caps. And we won't give away any spoilers, but does a screw cap mean that it's cheap? 
we will talk about that. Yeah, is it a quality concern? Ooh. <laughs> well, don't go Google it yet because we got to talk about it. So, <laughs> all right, I guess that's going to wrap it up for today. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Pulled Corks, JP Pulled Corks, also on Instagram, our website, pulled-corks.com, and uh, Twitter, and um, anywhere else. Google us. We've got all kinds of stuff out there. So we're all over the place. If so, you like our stuff, give us a shout out. So uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>